Last night was the final dynamite in AEW's long-term residency at Daly's Place. WWE still has a few more shows in the Thunderdome, but their Tampa residency is largely over as well. MLW and ROH are about to start touring, and Impact is welcoming fans into Skyway Studios. It's been quite the time for pro wrestling, but fans are coming back. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about the empty arena era of pro wrestling. What were some of the big wins, and what things did not work? We have headlines from the last 24 hours, including WWE's top five tag teams of all time. John DeCani is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for July 1st, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. John, welcome to the show. The empty arena era is just about over. Thank goodness, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, here's some of the headlines in that regard. AEW kicks off their tour in Miami next week on July 7th. MLW has Battle Riot on July 10th in Philadelphia. Ring of Honor has Best in the World on July 11th. We have Impact Wrestling with Empty Arena for today, July 8th and July 15th. But then we have Slammiversary on July 17th. Television tapings after that. They announced four sessions of tapings on the 18th and 19th from Skyway Studios. WWE has SmackDown on July 2nd and Raw on July 5th and 12th without fans. But then the fans are back when they go on the road for July 16th SmackDown in Houston. NXT has about 300 people in the CWC now, and I haven't heard anything about their next steps. But for the most part, empty arenas are gone. Oh, it's it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful to have <laughs> genuine crowd reaction back. A hundred percent. It's funny when you come off of several dynamites that have been on Friday and one on Saturday, you felt a little down on those shows. And then they come back last night and you had a, a great live crowd and you had a real good show. And it just felt like the magic was back. Yeah, exactly. We, everything was back to normal. We were back to our normal pacing, back to our normal schedule, back to the normal feel in the building. Uh, it, it, last night was a real shot in the arm, I think, for the wrestling industry altogether, at least in my mind. A hundred percent. So I thought, given the fact that we are transitioning now back to live crowds, that it was a good time for us to look back and say, okay, we've had a year and a half of empty arena events. What worked? What didn't work? What did we like? What are our favorite moments from that period of time? And what do we hope they maybe keep or whatever? John, any thoughts on the past 18 months or so? I didn't think I was going to like it quite as much as I wound up liking it. But the whole the Thunderdome idea, it, it really worked. Now, it's not like I want to see it continue forever. But those first handful of shows in the Performance Center with no one in the building... I found myself listening to see whether or not I can catch the wrestlers calling their moves and whatnot, which luckily no one was very sloppy or anything like that. Just listening to Bailey in the middle of a match, as funny and entertaining as it was, stopped to yell at Michael Cole because she could hear exactly what he was saying. <laughs> Again, as entertaining as some of those moments were, that overall first little while in the building before they pumped in any kind of white noise when it was just dead silent in the building those shows some of them were borderline painful just as much for the performers as it was for us yeah 
they they really were and you had a whole wrestlemania that was shot that way and when the pandemic first started in march of 2020 and they were celebrating austin 316 day and that was going to be in pittsburgh and i was living in maryland at the time and i was like maybe i'll do that eight hour drive or whatever it is to pittsburgh and, and check out austin 316 day glad i didn't buy that ticket and that show was rough poor steve austin who's down there who has just got a history of the fans like cheering and getting beer and celebrating with the fans and stuff like that you could tell just by watching steve wallace is not normal so wasn't there also like a triple h 20 or 25 year celebration somewhere in there too that just just went over like that yeah yeah, all those performance center shows, I think it'd be tough to go back and watch those now. But there were some high moments. There's some good things that happened even back then when when Becky Lynch had to surrender the, the championship and say she was going off to be a mom. It was a feel-good moment at that time sure. as well. I also look back at AEW, and I really look back fondly at that period of time that they were in Georgia at the gym and they had those several episodes that they shot like all in a matter of a few days because they were afraid that they were going to get shut down and wouldn't be able to run. So they taped, they taped two months worth of content in a space of two or three days. I look back fondly at those shows because we got to see a lot of the best friends. We saw some great Kenny Omega matches. That's the whole Pineapple Pete era of <laughs> Dynamite. That's when Jericho took the reins on commentary for a couple of weeks. So we got exposed to a whole bunch of different things at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Every organization had their own little thing, like Impact. First it was empty, then it was the roster around ringside, then it was, all right, the restrictions are getting a lot tougher, so now the roster can't be around ringside, so they started pumping in a little bit of the white noise. Everyone went through their growing pains, and they all hit their stride, and absolutely elated as I am that the fans are coming back. The last six or eight months... Once everyone had hit their stride, you almost forget that these are empty buildings because it got back to being wrestling. And part of it was, okay, this is the norm, but it was an acceptable norm at that point. Yes, you were longing for the real crowd reaction, but I wasn't so much irritated by the, the pumping in the noise. On Impact, I don't even notice it at all. And I think it's because, and Ring of Honor is good about this too, they shoot that show so tightly that you yeah. don't even think that there's room for people to be there very true I, i'm really looking forward to ring of honor because they have been completely empty and they the camera work has been like really tight on the wrestlers the whole time so it'll be fun to see what that looks like and then mlw always has a vibrant south philly type of crowd right. in the arena so i'll be excited to see them come back but we talked about some of the low low points so you, you even saw footage of the wrestling stopping during commercial breaks how about that eye for an eye match <laughs> That's don't, don't get me started on that again <laughs> not unless you want this show to go over by about 45 minutes i was fortunate enough to move to florida during the pandemic and in florida i was able to see a lot of live wrestling i went to many dynamites in a row i had a season pass for several i saw Brody lee's last match i was there for his uh tribute episode i saw chris jericho's 30th anniversary uh, at Daly's place, and I saw the one-year anniversary show of Dynamite. So I could see a lot of good Dynamite AEW stuff at, live in Florida because they had limited capacity that they could run. And I also saw a whole lot of independent, like CCW has been on the show a lot. Um, so I, I, I did okay once, uh, once I got down to Florida in terms of seeing stuff live, but there was some good stuff out of Daly's place. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What was it? It was August, I think, 27th was the first time Dynamite opened up and they were at like 10 or 15% capacity. That first show, and again, I'm a mark. I know I am, but the first Jericho Judas entrance with people in the building, like my heart was in my throat. Like that was, it was like, oh my God, here we are. We're back. There's genuine reaction. It's it's more than just the roster around the ringside and the as deep as the roster is, they filled in nicely. But when fans were legit back, even yeah. in small numbers, oh, just what a boost that was! Like a B12 shot. Absolutely. And then there's WrestleMania, right? WrestleMania was such a milestone for WWE. And again, I happened to be there, but when all the wrestlers came out and stood there with Vince McMahon and welcomed back to fans and everything like that, Sami Zayn's jumping 12 feet in the air. That was like a goosebump moment. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing to that SmackDown in Houston and, and seeing what that crowd reactions like that night and then money in the bank the next night. So there were some good things. I, I did like the Boneyard match and even the Funhouse match and stuff like that. These were things that WWE really hadn't dabbled in before. They were completely unheard of. Matt Hardy did something like this with Jeff in, in Impact before, but cinematic matches really weren't a thing very much, but we've got the Boneyard match. we got the Stadium Stampede match now. Even Sting and Darby Allen had a cool cinematic match. So it can extend the longevity of some of the older wrestlers to do some of these cinematic matches, and we get to see some of these characters live on maybe longer than they would normally. So. Yeah, you know, I, when I was going over a mental list of the MVPs of the empty era, and in my head I was kind of concentrating on WWE because it was so much more prevalent. Drew yes. became an absolute megastar. Sasha and Bailey oh, just yeah. were unbelievable. Every time Oscar would cut a promo where you could not understand two words in, in three minutes of her babbling... <laughs> And yet it still was entertaining. MVP coming back and putting together the Hurt Business, which would relaunch Bobby Lashley into meaning something. But maybe the biggest MVP of the whole COVID era, you just mentioned, is Matt Hardy. Because, he, you know, it, his creativity fed AEW. AEW very much got the rub from just having him on board. And it forced everyone else to say, all right, can we do that too? Because what they're doing is really good stuff. And you get things like that Boneyard match, which was fantastic. And considering how, as I'm as the, the farewell to Taker was, it, piping in the thank you Taker chance that thank God that the Boneyard match exists. Because yes. that will be my final memory of Taker. Yeah, 100%. I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you've done a good job of putting a period at the end of this sentence in this discussion too about the empty arena era. I I did have one question come in as we were talking here from Josiah Severance. We talked about a couple companies having pay-per-views, MLW and Impact and those anybody going to pay Strowman some money and get him on one of those shows. Strowman has a 90 day non compete, so I don't think he's uh, eligible for Slam Adversary. Yeah. We're still walking that in-between line where he swears he's never going to work for anyone but WWE, and yet if you've got twenty-five grand, he'll at least show up and sign some tens. <laughs> I don't know. I think that there's a place for Strowman in wrestling, and I think that some he'll find some place, and he may just come right back to WWE. I don't think that's out of the question at all. 
So if he's willing to take a pay cut, I think Vince, come on. Is he any more prototypical of what Vince loves in a wrestler? Yeah, no, absolutely. Hit the nail on the head there. All right. With that said, we have a whole bunch of other stuff to get into. John DeConte has about 37 and a half rumors that I need to go through after the break. <laughs> so we are going to sort through all those and I'll let you know which ones are bullshit and whatnot. But we have a minute and a half commercial break. We'll see you when we get back. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out bodyslamclothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20. And all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a pick'em league to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, John, we're back, and it's rumor time. What do you have for us today? All right. To start off with, on Tuesday night, we all saw Mercedes take uh, a heck of a kick to the head, and uh, she was definitely goofy afterwards. But we're seeing rumors saying she was hospitalized. I would never minimalize an injury, which clearly she had. Was she hospitalized, or did she just go to the hospital? So here's what we know. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful reported on Twitter that Mercedes was checked out in the back and she was headed to the hospital. We have no reason to believe that isn't true. There's no update on her condition and there has been no word on whether or not she was hospitalized or whether she was checked out and then sent home. I would assume it's checked out and sent home, but sounds good. We haven't heard anything of her being hospitalized for any extended period of time. So I would assume it's, she got checked out well. Good. Yes, that, that would be the best case scenario. Speedy recovery, Mercedes. Sanjay Dutt. Sanjay Dutt was a backstage agent, I guess, with WWE, and he asked for his release or asked to leave before they could get a chance to fire him. And is he already working backstage at AEW? Yeah, so multiple outlets did report that Sanjay Dutt had left the company by his own decision. First reported by Fightful, then picked up by PW Insider and talked about on Wrestling Observer. And that was a couple of weeks ago that he left wwe he had given notice and everything did things the proper way he was as reported by pw insider backstage at dynamite last night working as a producer and then the terminology here is key the wording is key they said pw insider said that they believe he is to be working full-time as a producer at dynamite believe nothing confirmed so that is 
it's out there and until we get a confirmation on that we can't report it as news but it's certainly appears he was working backstage at dynamite as a producer we just don't know if he's long term there okay okay wwe is applied for trademarks for nikki ash uh, and oh dear god happy corbin that's true don't know what they're going to do with those i guess we can assume that nikki ash is nikki cross and sure. uh happy corbin and i assume that's going to be his new moniker but you never know maybe he'll have a puppet or something i don't know <laughs> nothing out of the question there we just have those trademarks were filed i'm so afraid to see what that one's going to be happy corbin <laughs> Okay, tell me what you know about the senior VP of talent development. Is it Canyon Seaman? Yep. Okay. So the Wrestling Observer incorrectly reported that he he had left the company. They acknowledged their mistake. Others have acknowledged that it was a mistake, and he is still working with the company. Okay, good. Because uh, he, he's had a hand in what the UK product and NXT. Yeah. Don't want to see any shuffling of that because they've been doing such a fantastic job. Right. Okay. All right. So now, okay, here's a fairly big one. We've heard about some dark matches. We've heard about Pritchard and others going down to the PC, to uh, CWC, to check out some of the stars to possibly pull some NXT people up. Am I understanding correctly that the PC is beefing up security for a scouting visit from Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself this week? I hadn't heard anything about the security, but he is meant to go there today is what was reported by Fightful. And uh, that kind of plays into the fact that there have been some NXT talents working dark matches. Uh, We've already discussed Cross and uh, Bronson Reed. I understand Scarlett actually in-ring work as well as shots. Yep, that's all been reported. I think we actually talked about it on the show a couple of times. Scarlett and Shotzi apparently backstage at SmackDown usually each week. And yeah, they apparently worked a match, not a taped match for release anywhere. It might've been taped for consumption by agents or whatever, but yeah, that's out there. That's happening. Um, now I don't know. There's, there was talk about these being all these people coming in, working dark matches in preparation for the draft. And I don't know that that's true. They have been coming in, they've been working these matches, and obviously they're being scouted for main roster. But whether or not that pertains to the draft or it's something that happens earlier or after, that's not anything that's been out there that has been confirmed or really could be. Because if they decide they want Karrion Cross on Raw next week, he's going to be on Raw next week. If they want him on SmackDown this week, he's going to be on SmackDown. So it's... If they decide to wait for a draft, then okay. But I think they're just scouting at this point. Okay. All right. Now, and there are rumors that there are more changes coming. I don't know if that you know means cuts or whatnot, but specifically there could be some big changes backstage. Any inkling as to what that might mean? That report came directly from Fightful. It was a direct quote from them. And their track record, Fightful's, is pretty good. But there's nothing tangible, really, that we can discuss. That could mean anything. It could right. mean that Vince McMahon's taking vacation, or it could mean they're going to fire all of the uh, agents, or it could mean they're going to hire a bunch of new people because I would think the Thunderdome setup versus the road setup is completely different. So it could just mean a ton of different things. They're going to have different needs when they go on the road, so I really don't know. 
nothing to sink the teeth into in that one. Okay, any updates or any theories or possibilities on the reason for Randy Orton not being there this week? No. No, I mean, for all I know, he could have been there. <laughs> That's one thing I don't think anybody has any confirmation on, just that he – it could be storyline. Okay, let's see. Okay, here's here's one that a good many folks from the main roster are visiting the PC this week to get some ring work in, including one very big name. Sasha Banks, right? Yes. So that was a report from Fightful on Fightful Select, and there's really no reason not to believe it. We heard a lot about Vince McMahon wanting to send people there to get sharper as the pandemic era rolls rolls forward and it is about to end and people haven't got the reps that they usually get in with working four days on the road and stuff. So I don't think there's any reason to believe this isn't true. Okay. And lastly, I know this is going to break Al Carl's heart because he won't be able to make his uh, Japanese baseball jokes and references. And in fact, I had made a note in my notes to try and to add a little joke this week. Uh, we had talked about how Hideki Suzuki was the, uh, the love child of Hideki Matsui and Ichiro Suzuki, two of the greatest Japanese baseball players of all time. I wanted to make a joke this upcoming week about maybe they were going to change his name and give him a, a middle name uh, and use Sadahara O, the, uh, the Babe Ruth of Japan. I, apparently, he is getting a name change, and I guess if you blinked on Tuesday night, you missed it, but I, I think they already leaked it on uh, NXT this week, and I missed it. Yes, Wade Barrett actually ran down the entire Diamond Mind He's like, obviously, this is Roderick Strong, and we got Malcolm Bivlins, and you got Tyler Rust, and I believe it's pronounced Hachi Man. Is sort of like Hatchet Man, but Hachi Man type of thing is Suzuki's new name. Very good, very good. I think you, sir, have sorted through all the bullshit. Bullshit sorted. All right, <laughs> we have some more headlines, so let me play the bumper, and we'll get into the headlines. So there's one other little rumor that we were talking about before we went on the air, John, and that was John Morrison's cryptocurrency thing ah, that's floating yes. out there. And there, I guess there's been some reports that WWE approved cryptocurrency for John Morrison. I, I will give you the direct quote. John Morrison spoke to someone from DAZN, and what he said was, they, WWE, want to do crypto drip. I pitched that for two months. That fits so many things. Did not elaborate that he meant cryptocurrency. So we can make assumptions. We can make leaps from that and, and whatnot. That's fine. But crypto drip, I don't know. That could mean anything. It really could mean anything. It could be a storyline thing. Like Cameron Grimes it didn't, did not really go out and invest a whole bunch of money in GameStop, I don't believe. So it could be a, a complete storyline thing, or it could be that he's doing really cryptocurrency. We don't know. So... Very good, very good. Yeah, I looked right past that on my rumor sheet. Thank you for, for yeah. catching me on one. <laughs> and then some other headlines. Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, and daughter Liberty Rhodes. All over the latest issue of People. I guess she's Liberty Runnels until she makes a wrestling debut. Exactly. She will be in People magazine. And then John Takani, are you a skateboard guy? <laughs> <laughs> Not in the least. <laughs> well, if you were, you could go over to the nineclub.com. They have a series of skateboards. So you can get your Mean Gene Okerlund skateboard. You can get your Junkyard Dog. Or you can get your Jimmy Hart. Those are all available right now for 100 bucks on the nineclub.com. 
Apparently soon they're going to have a Steve Austin, Undertaker, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, and Jake Roberts edition. So those are supposed to come out this Sunday. So they might look pretty cool on your wall, even if you don't skate around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if I see an upcoming signing, I might pick up a Jake one to just have it the oh, plain deck signed. Yeah. There you go. That's fun. A rebel, not Reba. She suffered a dislocated kneecap on last night's episode of Dynamite. That's tough. She doesn't wrestle that many matches, and to get that kind of an injury, oh. Yeah, yeah. I guess the crutch will be back. Yeah, yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Gracia, she got a ticket to gold for Ring of Honor's women's tournament. That comes right as the news of Vita Von Starr getting removed from the tournament because she's been interfering in matches, and that is not what Maria Canellis Bennett wanted for the tournament. So Alex Gracia in Vita Von Starr out. All right. And then Jay White versus David Finley for the Never Openweight Championship at Resurgence. That's their U.S.-based show, August 14th. That's the first match announced. They announced a whole bunch of names, but that is the first match that they've announced for that show. So nice. That's New Japan Strong? Yep, yep, nice. New Japan Strong. That's their American edition. And then, John DeCondi, what do you think about the top five tag teams of all time from WWE, the New Day? takes the top spot. We really thought it would be the Dudleys, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, the Hart Foundation, and then the New Day. But As as our stat man, Al Carl, had mentioned in pre-production, they've had the most runs. They've had the longest run. They are homegrown. And while it's completely self-serving, I can't, I could never say anything bad about them. I love, they entertain the hell out of me. Uh, so I, I can't really complain about it. I probably would have put them at two, like uh, assuming that WWE was going to do something self-serving and bump them way up the list. I figured them for two. L- look at the talent in this whole top 10. There's not a lot you can really complain about. No. These teams, with the exception of the Heart Foundation, I'm having a hard time with them in the top five. They probably are in the my top five from a just you know favorite standpoint. But, but I don't know about the top five tag teams of all time for WWE, but... I'm fine with them being there. So. We had some news coming out of Dynamite last night. We had a whole bunch of matches announced, but on the show, we had Eddie Kingston and Penta. They got a win in a tag team title eliminator match. That never happens. <laughs> this is the first time that's ever happened. So they are getting a tag team title match next week on the road in Miami against the Young Bucks. So That damn Brandon Cutler in that free spray. <laughs> on the same night, we are going to also see Andrade's AEW debut against Matt Seidel. So it'll be really fun to see Andrade wrestle Seidel because of the styles that they have. And I'm very interested to see what Andrade can do outside of WWE. Sure. And see what how he finishes the match. That'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, good does, point. Does he use that spinning back elbow? I don't think so, at least not initially. Yeah, and the spinning back elbow was never his finisher, right? His finisher is the hammerlock DDT. That True. spinning back elbow is a transition move for him. Yeah. It just happens to also be a stronger stronger move than the Judas effect. Which is the same <laughs> How dare you? I know. <laughs> also next week, Santana Ortiz and Jake Hager versus FTR and Wardlow. Cody versus QT Marshall in a strap match. And Orange Cassidy will team up with Chris Statlander to face the Blade and the Bunny. 
Plus, we are going to learn the stipulations that MJF will put down on Chris Jericho in order for Jericho to earn a match with MJF. Last time, this was Cody had to do this. He had to fight Wardlow in a cage, and he had to take a 10 whipping from a strap. So I'll be interested to see what MJF has come up with for Jericho this time. Yeah, it'll be entertaining because when he's speaking, when he's coming up with devious plans, he he is just about second to none. Absolutely. They started super teasing Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. I didn't think they were ready for this, but apparently they're going to start pushing this. I assume it's going to be all out, but I was thinking it was full gear. So I guess we'll be getting this match sooner than later, but they didn't announce anything. Hangman didn't officially make a challenge kenny didn't officially accept a challenge but at some point down the road they're going to be squaring off that's pretty obvious yeah the the dark order has uh lit the fuse on the slowest burning uh storyline in wrestling over the last year and perhaps the most entertaining absolutely evil uno making the challenge for him brian cage versus ricky starks on july 14th for the ftw championship so Welcome back, Ricky Starks. Yeah, absolutely. And that MJF and Guevara match was incredible. It started off a little plotting. Like, I was like, ooh, like the first three minutes or so, it was like a choreographed dance, and they were tripping over each other's feet a little bit. But I cannot remember the last time a match that started out with that feeling for me ended like, wow. They yeah. really, what, what is it? About two, it was a 20 minute match. So like, the first three minutes or so were. Oh boy, is this really going to be main event worthy? And by the end, it was. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. The the Sammy Guevara doing like a springboard somersault senton over the barricade on the MJF that uh, into the crowd. Those were not extras. Good stuff on Dynamite last night. I, I did that match quite a bit. I didn't. Absolutely. I'm not a huge fan of the big interference finish. It seems like that's how we have to end all the big matches these days. But but it was a good match, and I maybe I am okay with the fact that there was interference at that end because. I was saying that I really thought Sammy Guevara needed the win, and this way they protect him some so they can come back to it later if they need yeah. or want. So, yeah. As Travis said in the uh, the watch-along thread, that was a pay-per-view quality match, pay-per-view length, pay-per-view quality. If that had happened at a pay-per-view, I probably would have been pissed. Yeah. The fact that it happened on a Wednesday night, yeah, I'm okay with it because it, it, it filled exactly the need we had there. Yeah, and I think they will come back to it. All right, let's issue the lineups for tonight. NXT UK this afternoon, we have Jack Stars versus Tyler Bate for the Heritage Cup. A-Kid will face Jordan Devlin, NXT UK women's champion and girlfriend of Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Mako Satomura will appear <laughs> on NXT UK. On Impact tonight, we have TJP and Falaba versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Chris Bay versus Petey Williams. Sammy Callahan, Moose, and Chris Saban versus Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Eddie Edwards versus Kojima. And then on SmackDown, we have Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn in a Money in the Bank qualifying last person standing match. So that is the wrestling that round out the rest of the week. John, anything on the list that you're particularly looking forward to? Yes. With the Thunderdome coming to an end, I want to see just how creative they let Sammy and KO get because they've probably worked with each other 200 times. So they've got plenty of stuff to go into, you know, the bag of tricks with. And I fully expect them to do some crazy stuff to take advantage of one of the last shows where there's no one in the building. They get a, they can get away with doing some cute stuff. 
yeah, think back to the Kevin Owens Roman Reigns last last man standing match. Man, Kevin Owens has some tricks up his sleeve, and I I think he'll be jumping off of those monitors. All right, John, did we miss anything today? Certainly nothing tapped for this week, but I'd like to take just a quick second to acknowledge something that we will wind up missing next week that I was really looking forward to. I didn't realize how the schedule was going to play out, but in my estimation, my humble ECW Mark estimation, the greatest moment in the history of WWE Monday Night Raw July 9th, 2001, the 20th anniversary of Feel It, JR. Feel this moment for the rest of your life. <laughs> the invasion of Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer, and the ECW Originals turning on the WWF. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because we do have a programming note for everybody. We are not going to have shows next week. I will be off doing some vacation family things. So no shows next week. We will return the following week, probably on Tuesday. Stay tuned to social media. I'll let you know. But yeah, that's it. John, that's our show. Absolutely. Enjoy your vacation, sir. It's a pleasure as always. All right. Thank you, sir. For John, I'm Ryan, and we will see you in about a week.